Welcome to the Queen's School Chester podcast, the place where we talk to staff, parents and pupils about topics that are relevant to you. In this episode, we speak to Iona Carmody, head of the lower school, about the importance and benefits of outdoor learning. We ask her why she's so passionate about outdoor learning, why it really matters to young children and how her own childhood growing up a long way from Chester has shaped who she is and why she feels so passionate about outdoor education. So come with me as we step into a conversation with Iona Carmody. Iona, welcome to the Queen's School podcast. Thank you for being here. How are you today? Well, I'm sitting in my office at the end of a long day, a busy day, and I'm having a moment of quietness. So it's most enjoyable to have this opportunity to catch up with you this afternoon. Well, thanks very much for your time. I really appreciate it, especially at the end of what I'm sure has been a busy day. I really appreciate you giving up 20 minutes to talk to us about a few different things, about your role as head of lower school, but in particular about the importance of outdoor learning at school. But before we get into all of that, I wonder, for the sake of people listening, if you could just give us a little bit of background as to where you went to school, what your own education was like when you were at school, and then what you did when you left school. Okay, so I guess it's a long journey that started very much in the south. And when I say south, I'm talking about the the continent of Africa. I was born in Zambia and mm-hmm. had my early years there before we moved down to South Africa as a family. Mm-hmm. So most of my education has been in South Africa. I went to primary school and a high school just up the road. And from there, I went to the Pretoria College of Education and I did my teaching qualification there. Mm-hmm. and taught for a while in Johannesburg before moving on to Cape Town. And I spent my most of my 20s in Cape Town, which was just a stunning place to live and enjoy. But I guess, you know, the, the best part about growing up in Africa, for want of, you know, not really positioning it as South Africa, was that I had this marvellous sort of time being able to spend a lot of it outdoors and I I think most adults these days when they think about their experiences growing up whether that happens to be wherever it happens to be in the world really the memories that come to mind are the memories that they have experienced outdoors I would think because I don't remember many things about my schooling where I was in a classroom Hmm. I think that sort of just fades out, really. I remember a lot of textbooks mm-hmm. and I remember blackboards and, um, you know, little tasks like cleaning the blackboard rubber and things like that. But the real sort of memories that have stuck with me and make me smile are the things that I did outdoors. And I guess when I was growing up, as many people my age are, that we had the uni- we were in the unique position of being able to roam. Hmm. And I remember as a child having quite a few adventures because I'm sure if I look at it today, I 
imagine that I had a huge forest behind my house and we literally were just outdoors all the time exploring. Mm. And I'm sure if I revisited that today, it would be a tiny woodland. Mm. But at that stage of my life, it was just a brilliant adventure. I don't know where my parents were. They were probably working. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, (laughs) but I can remember that we were out there at all hours and just having a marvelous time. I think that that sort of spirited adventure stayed with me and it it it's very much something that I feel a close connection to even today. That sensory feeling of being close to nature and you know being outdoors is definitely it does it for me. Tell me a little bit about some of those outdoor experiences that you remember. You know, there were there were quite a few, and as I uh, I sort of refer to the forest again, we had a what I can remember was um, almost like a, a waterfall sort of and a big pool at the bottom, mm-hmm. and we used to have to we used to slide down these rocks, and you know dive into the pool at the bottom, and I can remember doing that, and I can't I can't think what age I was. It was probably about eight or nine. And the thought of it horrifies me now. And that just, it, it's, it's a very good indication of what age does to you, where you think to yourself, my goodness, I would never do that now. But when I was that age, it was just wonderful. And, and I think it was taking that risk that I think back to now, that obviously I was very careful and I thought about what I was doing and was happy to take the risk because I thought it out. You know, nowadays I'd be a little bit more nervous about broken bones and things as mm-hmm. an adult, that is. I can remember wildlife. Mm-hmm. So watching birds and the behavior of birds would fascinate me for hours. Mm. I can remember accidentally picking up a toad. Mm-hmm. Accidentally. <laughs> and <being> completely, yes. <laughs> and being completely freaked out. That feeling has never left me. Mm. And I guess also the just experimenting you know, making, I know it sounds really ancient now, but um, making paper boats and floating them on ponds and just having those real childhood adventures, which was just wonderful. So, of course, you've clearly got some great memories there from your own childhood. Tell me why you Mm. think that it's so beneficial for children to have outdoor learning today. Well, I guess it's it's that lack of that lack of opportunity that children have nowadays, their lives are so busy and mm. and so crammed full of activities that, um, you know, whether they're connected with school or outside of school, parents are so busy with their working lives. And I just feel that every opportunity you can give children to be outdoors and to to embrace learning outdoors is Mm -hmm. another sort of opportunity for them to to care about the outdoors and to care about the world that they live in I think the more they care about it the more they're going to want to to do something about protecting it for the future I think that children do care massively they they care about what's happening to the world that they live in mm-hmm. they understand that they need to defend it and find solutions for the problems that we have and i think that 
the more that you can give them those opportunities to be outdoors and to problem solve and to find those solutions or to think about those solutions, so much the better because ultimately you want them to to be, you know, the protectors of the, of the world they're going to inherit. And the more they have those opportunities to care, the better. I guess children today in many ways have a stack of opportunity in that we've got all of the technology surrounding us and so long as we don't become slaves to it then we can also embrace the outdoor learning side of life and then enjoy the benefits of both whereas 50 years ago technology clearly was very different and limited and outdoor was kind of the only thing whereas now we've got that combination don't we yes 100 percent, and I, th- I think that There's definitely a, you know, there are benefits to technology and they, the girls, you know, here at the lower school Mm -hmm. are are just incredible in what they can actually achieve through technology when you give them the opportunities. But I don't want their world to be just one solution. I don't want their world to be one window. I want their world to be multifaceted and Mm. multidimensional because it, there is a danger of it becoming very sterile because technology has a predictable outcome a lot of the time in terms of what comes back at you. And when you go outdoors, you're never sure of what's going to happen, whether it be weather-wise or or something crops up that you weren't expecting. (laughs) And I think it's that unpredictability and that chance that you have to actually, you know, be flexible mm-hmm. in facing that that situation, whatever it happens to be, and thinking on your feet and, and you know, thinking what can I do to adapt and adjust and, and, you know, have a good experience from this. And it may be as simple as, you know, being on the beach and, and suddenly there's a, you know, a weather squall and you have to get your your outdoor clothing on or, you know, whatever it happens to be. It's just that ability to to think on your feet and, and problem solve. And you're right that we often remember these experiences, don't we, later in life, as opposed to remembering that slightly uneventful thing that happened inside. I'm not saying that, that inside learning is, is uneventful, but, you know, we, we do tend to remember those, those moments when we were on the beach and suddenly that thunderstorm came and we all got soaked and we had to pack up and run to the car quickly. Exactly. They're the kind of things we remember. <laughs> they are. And I think that's, you know, for me, childhood is such a precious time and, and too often we're in such a hurry to, you know, move them along and get to the next level. And um, for me, I think that childhood matters massively because it's, it is such a short time. And this is the time when they have got those wonderful, enduring memories. And and I feel very strongly that it's, it's our job to provide those memories through the experiences we offer. And you're absolutely mm. right. You can have some amazing learning that goes on in the classroom. Mm. Um, so different to, to what I experienced in the classroom where it was simply chalk and talk. <laughs> Whereas, uh, you know, these days, I think learning has just come alive massively because people are more interested uh, or staff and teachers are more interested in in doing because that's when you see it really come to life and Mm. and even if it's you know a simple experiment it makes all the difference because the learning just becomes real Mm. 
What can busy parents do to help to encourage their children to do more outdoors? And I'm thinking of parents where maybe both sets of parents are out working. There's a huge temptation to to give their daughter an iPad, knowing that they'll be entertained that way. Mm. And then the parents can carry on doing what they need to do in their busy world. Mm. Recognising that there are demands on parents, what can they do to help? Well, I think, you know, it is it is massively sort of a responsibility that I think that schools have taken on because, you know, these girls and children spend the majority of their time in school. Mm. So I think curriculum-wise, schools feel that they need to help parents by giving those girls or those children opportunities within the school curriculum. Mm-hmm. And we've certainly endeavoured to do that at the Queen's School with our beach school and you know our forest school experiences but I think when it comes to the weekend and I can fully you know sympathize with parents they're probably absolutely you know finished after a busy week at work Mm. and they just want to to relax at home but my my words of advice would be just to go outdoors because it won't only benefit your daughters but it'll also benefit yourself you know we hear so much about how green spaces and blue spaces are therapy in themselves. And even if you can't go far afield for whatever reason, get the girls out in the garden planting, you know, having some sort of responsibility and care for growing something or just be enjoying playing games outside, ball games outside, just getting that fresh air and that sensory experience. I think that, you know, my biggest love of being outdoors is the freedom it gives you because you feel that you can actually mentally just let go and I feel that so much particularly on the coast I mean you know who doesn't love a walk along a beach (laughs) and it doesn't always have to be perfect weather you can still enjoy it whether you be in the Caribbean or or Mm. just up the road so I would always say to to parents even if you can go for a walk along one of your footpaths that are close to the home Mm. you know do it because it will help you it'll make you feel better after a hard week at work and it'll do wonders for your children as well and so often of course we don't need to step too far off the roads that we commute on to discover some incredible footpaths and the wonders of nature hundred percent i've done a, i'm busy with a little project at the moment where i inherited this album of different walks around the uk oh, okay and i i you know it was one of those sort of really old collection of of walks and i thought to myself it would have been so easy just to to get rid of it but i thought no i'm mm. going to actually make it a challenge for myself and do all 200 of these walks oh, i don't wow. know how i don't know Gosh. how long it's going to take me wow. but i just think it would be an, a marvelous adventure for myself and get to know the countryside in the uk but also it'll be a a lovely sort of memory and a sort of paying homage to to my uncle and aunt who's who the book belonged to but yes I I mean there's so much that within this very area in Chester that I have explored but there is I know there is so much more to explore and we are very lucky I I know you know throughout the UK there are some marvelous outdoor spaces and you don't have to go very far to find them so earlier in this episode you mentioned about beach school you mentioned about forest school as well Mm -hmm. 
tell us in a snapshot how each of those look, because I imagine they're very different to each other. They are very different. You're absolutely right. Beach school is very much a experience where the girls go, we all go off to the beach and we use the resources that we find on the beach in order to complete tasks. Mm -hmm. And those will be related to our curriculum. And the idea is that you are fostering a huge amount of creativity and problem solving because suddenly you don't have the tools of the trade that you would normally use. You've got to find things on the beach, you've got to scavenge and you've got to make other other arrangements if you mm. like. The the best thing about it is the collaboration because you know you work with the rest of your team and because you're having so much fun, you're just naturally communicating and getting on with each other. Mm. So mm. it's a wonderful opportunity for teamwork. Whereas our Forest Fridays are, have got a similar feel and we're very lucky here at the Queen's School that we have this wonderful space at the back of the school where we can light campfires and really have a, a wonderful forest experience. Mm. But that requires far more resources. So you do have to go into it resource heavy. You need your saws and your you know, your tools, your drills, your fire, you know, your fire uh, equipment, etc. making sure you've got lots of water available. Mm -hmm. So it is a slightly different experience that needs a lot more sort of, I guess, preparation in a way from, you know, the staff. But once mm -hmm. you get going, they're away and they come up with wonderful solutions again to to the problems that we we set. And I think the best part about it is, you know, learning today has got to be about collaborating because mm. when you go out into the world, that's what you need to do. You need to be able to get along with people. You need to be able to communicate positively with them, listen to them and and come up with, you know, great solutions as it were i'm sure that marshmallows are must be involved in forest school as well tell me they are <laughs> <laughs> well i'll tell you a little secret mm -hmm. sometimes i have a leftover packet of marshmallows mm -hmm. after forest fridays mm -hmm. and they end up in my drawer next to my mm -hmm. desk and every so often one sort of creeps out <laughs> as a as a personal indulgent because <laughs> <laughs> indulgence <laughs> I can't, you can't resist, resist a sweet yeah. treat every now and then. Well, that's then. fair enough. I think that's okay. <laughs> Iona, you've talked about school and you've talked about the great outdoors. I'd love to know just mm -hmm. a couple of things about Zambia and South Africa. What's one of the things yes. that you miss about those places now that you're living in, in the UK? Oh, um, I, think, I think it's that definite feeling of relaxation being outdoors and I guess you know the sunny weather has something to mm. do with it you know there's no doubt about it you've got a very definite outdoor lifestyle which will continue right into the evening and until you know 10 11 o'clock mm. at night where it's still lovely and warm so I guess I miss those those experiences of being outdoors in the evening I miss being barefoot because I, growing up, I had only a, a few pairs of shoes. And that was simply because you spend most of your time walking around barefoot. Hmm. And that's, you know, outdoors as well as hmm. indoors. Um, and I think it's that feeling of, you know, just being connected with, with the earth, really, and the hmm. ground. I miss the wildlife. 
I miss the opportunities to to go camping, um, to visit safari parks, which, you know, are very much different to the parks that you have over here. You are essentially in the wild, and I've got many memories of camping outdoors, being right in the wild of it. We went, when I was a young adult, we went to Botswana, Mm -hmm. and we went on a trip up the Okavango. And we were literally using Makoros and camping on the on the side on the riverbanks, wow. and it was the most extraordinary experience, and and one that I'll never forget. Mm. Of course, you've got to be very careful about you know the wildlife in in terms of things like snakes and and that sort of thing, but you know that just adds to the adventure mm. really. And it's a case of respecting the environment that you're in as well, isn't it? Yes, absolutely. Mm. You know, you've got to sort of. You can't control Mm. it, but you have to be wise to it. We need to bring this episode to a close in a moment. But for anyone who's heard anything about outdoor learning and would like to find out more, what's the best way for them to get in touch with you? Just come and chat to me. Honestly, it's a subject very close to my heart and I could probably talk about it for a very long time. Yeah, I mean, I've just included a snapshot of thoughts about outdoor learning and my love for it in this in this conversation that we've had today. But yes, I I think it, the best thing is, and I want to sort of get to this point where, you know, I get parents to come and enjoy the the opportunities that mm. we have, and we have done that in our beach school. Um, where we have Sunday, you know, litter collections, um, beach beach litter collections. And it's a lovely way to get the community together. Yeah, I'm always happy to talk at any time. And if people got in touch through the website or telephoning, is that a good idea? Absolutely, yes. More than happy to talk about a subject so close to my heart. Excellent. Well, Iona, thank you very much for your time. It's been great hearing about your passion for this subject and and about how it's changing the lives of children at the school. Thanks very much for your time. Thank you so much, Simon, and have a lovely rest of your evening. So that was Iona Carmody, head of the lower school, talking about the importance of outdoor education. Wasn't she good to listen to, especially how she talks about South Africa? A big thank you to Iona for joining us on this episode of the podcast. And for anyone who's heard anything and might want to get in touch, don't forget you can just search the Queen's School Chester and you'll see the website there. And also, while you're here, this is the second episode of a new podcast channel. So now really is the time to follow this channel because then when each episode is released, you'll receive a small notification just to let you know. So go and do that. But in the meantime, thank you for listening to this episode and we look forward to seeing you again soon. Bye for now.